The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competed against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. I prepared to end it I can't well, do it then. Again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now, you're welcome along. Well, good old Charles. Look at the Monday he has given us, Pat Nevin. You're very welcome. Good to be here. Good to be back. Um, I've just ran away from the, the television screen um, because it's difficult to drag myself away from the football today. It's been mental. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I, I will admit that I've not been enjoying large parts of the last few weeks with Chelsea and Everton, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Everton today, that's that is actually one of the most astounding games I've seen in years. I mean, we're all up for a bit of hyperbole, but seriously, it almost looked like five breaks, <laughs> five goals, but it was extraordinary. I mean, it's, and also, by the way, the quality of some of the goals that we're seeing in the last few days has been inc- quite incredible as well. There's a number of reasons for it, I think, but uh, no, it's been it's, it's a great end, it's a fantastic end to the season. Well, I'm glad you've seen it because I haven't been able to with everything going on. So for anyone just tuning in, the menu was Fulham against Leicester and Brighton Everton and now the 8 o'clock kickoff, Nottingham Forest against Southampton. So Leicester, who are just in a dreadful run of form, you can kind of forget Leicester, they drew with Everton last day out, they drew at Leeds and they beat Wolves 2-1. But before that, they've lost 9 of 10, one draw in there. Uh, they really are in bad shape overall, but they were uh, away to Fulham. You would think Fulham would be very much feet up on the beach. What a dream first season back. Uh, but no, 5-3, Fulham 5, Leicester City 3, a full-time score. And then, as you said, the surprise result for everybody. Brighton, brilliant Brighton, 1, Everton 5. Is just not <laughs> what we saw coming. And then at the moment, Nottingham Forest 3-1 up against Southampton. Second half has just started. I will not bore radio listeners with numbers and games played. It all gets very complicated. Well, the games played is very easy. They've all played the same number. But in effect, where we are now, assuming Nottingham Forest see that one out, Southampton remain rooted to the bottom. They are very much bottom. Everton jumped out of the relegation zone. So Leeds and Leicester still in there. Uh, also uh, still in there because Nottingham Forest jumped not just out of the relegation zone, but ahead of Everton. So at the moment it is Southampton. It is Leeds and Leicester both on 30 points. And then you have Everton two clear and Nottingham Forest three clear of relegation, all with three games to go. So like I said, I did not see the football this evening. You said Everton five breaks, five goals. So it, it wasn't, you know, domination. They just uh, were clinical when they got the chances. Absolutely not domination. At one point, it was 76% uh, possession for Brighton. And they had the ball constantly. They must have put in about 40 crosses. They actually weren't playing badly. They were playing really well. <laughs> it's just really weird. Just one of those strange games. The the fighting and the battling that Everton uh, was showing there wasn't absolutely incredible because when I watched them I, we chatted before about uh, Fulham went up to Goodison Park a few weeks ago I was at the game and there was nothing 
there's no spirit, no fight, no battle. But you get a feeling they've got a manager they don't really want to go in and face unless they put everything in. And that's got to be part of it. He's got them so well organised, so structured. Um, but the other thing about it is, I mean, it was, you can tell it was a 4 2 three, one, and all sorts of things. No, nah, it was a four, tiny little gap, five, big breath, one. Mm. <laughs> Dominic Calvert-Luna way up there in his own, hardly touching the wall for the, the vast majorities of it. But take nothing away from Everton's fight and spirit. It was up there with the best you'll see. Brighton fans will tell you, they had the post, the bar, the crossbar twice within a couple of minutes. Uh, Pickford had three of the best saves, three of the best saves you'll see this season. So they could easily have scored six. Easy. No problem at all. They could easily have scored six. Um, but it was just one of those extraordinary days. And you, okay, I'm, I, I admit now and again you're biased when you're watching it and you can almost feel the bias of, you know, people talking about it that they kind of wanted Everton because of how much they were putting in. But they were second best as a, a, a unit of holding the ball, of, of attacking. Doesn't matter. As long as you break, break well, score the goals. And uh, they gave Dwight McNeil man of the match, which may be slightly harsh in Pickford, but Dwight McNeil. And if, when you do, and if anyone hasn't seen it, the final goal would ever break away and score the fifth one. And it's the real moment. There's nobody on the pitch, but it's... It's Jeff Hurst for England in 66. It's one of them ones. You think, oh, surely not. And it lashes it. I mean, it's very, very, very similar looking, oddly enough. Um, and you're just in a state of absolute shock because you don't actually see it, see it coming at all. Um, but it really, a great game and really exciting for the fact that it had absolutely everything. Um and, and Everton would just as likely go out next week and you beat five now themselves. Well, they, they know they can. probably will because they have Man City. <laughs> yeah, uh, so their <laughs> their running is Man City at Goodison for what Goodison is worth. They are away to Wolves, and then Everton will finish up once again at Goodison, and they will have Bournemouth. So I would think they're looking at Wolves, Bournemouth, and thinking, you know, what four points would do us very nicely, very possible. If they fight and battle and chase the way they did today, yeah, four, four points would be plenty in this league, I think. Mm. Um, but you say, I'm going to say, I think very quickly because I mean, Leeds didn't do too badly when they were fighting against Man City the other day. Um, Leicester have got quality, um, they've not shown it all that often. But we were writing off Bournemouth a few weeks, everyone was writing off Bournemouth a few weeks ago, and they've just went flying. You, you don't know what can happen. Weird things happen at this time of the season. I mean, just look at the number of goals scored today so weird things happen and teams that you didn't ha- think had to fight in the spirit have suddenly got it but they've also got this weird stuff I mean a couple of the goals that Forrester scored tonight I mean unbelievable quality I mean if City scored Man City scored then you'd be purring over it in a real fabulous fight spirit attitude and, and quality on top of it as well so it's a thing I kind of I suspected that the you know quite some time ago the amount of people that say to me oh my team are terrible I don't know if there is a terrible team in the Premier League no. there are actually a lot of very good teams but you've got to turn it on every single every single game and if you don't you'll just get turned over um, and it's shown with everyone just now Southampton are getting absolutely left behind but in the moment they can be a really good team certainly a, a good technical team so um, it's Southampton are going down if they, if they can't get this back and tonight, which I don't think they will, they're going down. So it's uh, to get a bit biblical, and then there were four. Yeah. So there's two from the four left. 
Well, as we speak, uh, Southampton have just scored a goal. So that kind <laughs> you know of a season. <laughs> Did you notice that big F? Because I'm taking out for granted at the yeah. moment. You know, it's funny what you talk about is there's not like a bad team in there. Back in the day, there was like Sunderland and 24 points and uh, there were some bad teams. Just the general standard seems to be through the roof. Like I was watching the... Um, Brighton-Manchester United game uh, on Thursday and I, I was out with some friends and so we were, we were watching on um, it was on mute but uh, there was a chance in the game where a Brighton player left-hand side cut into what we might call you know edge of the area the Thierry Henry uh, position and was going for that far corner and just didn't start the ball wide enough and it was a relatively comfortable save for De Gea and there was like general disdain around the table and I, I did find myself saying like 10 years ago that would have been a wonder goal and now we're all like sitting here going oh geez, come on just finish that chance like yeah. th- th- it, that, that finish for instance at this level now is just a routine well you really should score if you're 20 yards out and you've got that angle you know it's in your favour you should score and that applies to a, a whole raft of aspects of football now which does really seem to have gone to another level in the Premier League it has. And the thing that shocks me a wee bit, and I think it's got to do with the quality of Premier League. Um, tomorrow morning, I'm off to Milan for the, the Milan derby for the Champions League semi-final. And I'm absolutely staggered that there's two Italian teams in the Champions League semi-final. And, and by the way, Napoli are close as well. Um, because in terms of pure quality, I have no doubt that the Premier League is miles ahead of Serie A. And I think a lot of it's got to do with every single game has to be 100%. You have to give everything. You have to be up for it. And there are quality players at so many teams. I mean, I watch a team like Crystal Palace who are a bit meh, you know? But then you look at some like Alisi and Eze and Zaha, they are absolutely phenomenal players that on their day that can do fantastic things. So everywhere you look, and in the end, what really shows is, is not the lack of quality a lot of the time. Um, certainly just now, it's if, it's if you're not fighting. And if you're not fighting and battling and putting the effort and the work in, you get done. And that that's, brings us back to Everton, who were just unrecognisable. You know, they, they absolutely destroyed themselves in that game today to put everything off the line. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll watch the highlights later again just to see, purely to see how are you going to fit that all in? Because the chances that Brighton had uh, to try and give the absolute narrative of it. And, and I keep on saying, Brighton, created a lot of very good chances and on another day easily four or five goals himself easily four or five goals himself so everywhere you look it's that and that's why they're turning to people like Allardyce now you're talking turning to people like Dice now they, they all know there's quality there but have they got the spirit all the time uh, a wee bit of structure and organisation they need to add that on top of what's already there and maybe that's why Dice got what he, did, he got today because when they did break the way they brought, we were breaking Everton was actually fantastic. And just players that you never thought had it to that level, like Dwight McNeil was brilliant. Um, and selling Dom, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, what a difference when they have him in the team and he's nearly fit to play on the entire game. In your experience down the years, is there any quick way for a new manager to somehow instill fight in inherited dressing room? Do you know what was really interesting with Daesh said? I don't know if you remember just when he came in. And he said, I mean, of course, we all think of Sean Daesh and the voice and, you know, the kind of gruff 
simplistic out outlooks? Yeah, I think not. Um, he went in and he said, the first thing I did was listen. Got them all in, one by one, and listened to them. Mm. So that he then finds out what the problem is. If there are certain underlying problems, you know, the easiest thing to come in and shout and tell them what to do and be threatening or whatever. Um, but in actual fact, he said, well, I'll go in and listen and see what they have and who's got the attitudes I need. And if there's anything that I can fix with their help, I'll fix that. Because in a moment like this, right down the bottom, the teams that have got away from it, have got away from it. Roy Hodgson's come in. And it's quite clear to me, I think, what Roy Hodgson's done. I, I honestly think it's dead easy because you sit and watch pals when they've, he's come in and he said, yeah, just go and have a go. Have, take chances. Oh, you guys are good in the ball. You, you'll lose it a lot of time. Just go. Don't play the percentages. Just go. Show what you can do. And it just, they flourished. Those players mm. flourished and that's why they got out of it. So you see what you're good at, what you've got, and also what the players think the weaknesses and strengths are. And I think good management is telling, but it's also listening as well. Mm, interesting. To uh, the weekend that was, uh, so we will uh, come back to Chelsea, three Bournemouth win, uh, one uh, rather, an away win for uh, Chelsea, which, let's be honest, is a pity because it was absolutely hilarious what was happening to uh, Chelsea Palace. You may well disagree but uh, en masse it was bloody brilliant and we were all enjoying it and, and, and I was hoping relegation fight would ensue. Uh, Man City 2-1 winners against Leeds. Erling Haaland make sure you take the penalty next time. Spurs got a win against Palace. Mo Salah did his thing at Anfield for the 100th time. Liverpool 1-0 winners against Brentford. Uh, yesterday we had Newcastle nil, Arsenal 2 followed by West Ham 1 Manchester United nil. The curious case of David De Gea. What a yes. weird goalkeeper. Will win matches single-handedly and is just as liable to lose a game. And does both with a fair degree of frequency. Yeah, I, I always think about it with goalkeepers anyway. You just notice the mistakes everyone they make because they lead to goals. I mean, everybody else makes just as many mistakes. Um, but Adam, you know that he's capable of doing that. Um, from absolutely nowhere, I still th feel as if he, he's not worth dropping. You know, he's he's doing enough good things often enough, but there might be a question mark at the start of next season. You know, they're looking themselves; they know the quality they've got, even on one, but they know the quality they need at that back line. And if you look at the very, very best teams, when they are, you know, when they are at their best, they know they can rely on their goalkeeper to get them out of a hole now and again. You don't need your goalkeeper digging a hole for you. Um, and on that occasion, and I suppose I'm a wee bit, I, I watch the same with Kepa. You know, and I, the amount of people that tell me the same about him. Oh, he, he throws them in, he's terrible. And I think, well, I'm, I'm looking at it every week and he's, he's not doing it that much. And he's making a lot of saves, but there's this narrative around them mm. because you kind of notice them because they're big name goalkeepers. Um, I, I, I still think there's no real worry or real concern about him I think they should be more concerned about centre-backs <laughs> or one of the centre-backs anyway they need a wee bit more strength and depth there I think that's where their bigger concern should be because mm. I did see uh, even on match of the day the general sense was yeah look realistically I think it was Danny Murphy Jermaine Defoe if uh, Manchester United ever want to challenge for a league again they're just going to have to get a new goalkeeper and that's just the way it is uh, like even against I mean, it's, Sevilla with his, with his that pass to Harry Maguire was very ill-judged I don't know I'm torn because like as you said uh, we all remember the bad stuff it, it, it sticks in the mind but I do feel he has more bad stuff than your average keeper 
it's whether you know it's where do you know it's the bad stuff where it leads to i mean i can remember certainly both man city and uh, liverpool have got great keepers who have made howlers particularly passing out from the back this season mm. you know that, that happens they give away goals they cost goals um and and the hair's done it as well once or twice this season and I just think that in the past, I mean, the goal at the weekend, there wasn't that. That, that was a, just a soft hand and he knew himself with his reaction. You could tell his reaction that he knew it was his error. He should have got to that. What happened, I don't know if you looked at it closely, lots of people did. I didn't see it in highlights. I seen it silently. And he, he slipped. He basically foot slipped. Mm. And that's why his hand, you're watching his hand and you're watching, in actual fact, he was going backwards and he hadn't got himself set. The keepers always tell you about getting yourself set. So there's, there's reasons oh, excuses, but it doesn't matter. You let in a goal that you should have saved. But I still don't think there's enough of them to, to panic about him. And what okay. do you want as a keeper? How, how many do you want a keeper who never, ever lets a goal in that's even visible? And I, I they go through periods with these keepers. I mean, again, Kepa, any goal that scored against Chelsea, people go, oh, the keeper was terrible, mm. absolutely terrible. And you're thinking, no, he wasn't. <laughs> you can't save them. <laughs> the guy's two yards out for you. So I think there's, there's worse than him around. Fair enough. Two defeats in a row, by the way. I mentioned the Brighton game on Thursday. They are doing their level best to really take the sheen off their season now. They're only a point ahead of Liverpool, a game in hand, admittedly, but they're just kind of withering down to not much now. It's it's, it's hardly finishing strongly. Where is Ten Hag at the moment? Um, no, he's OK because he needs to get to the end of the season. When he gets to the end of the season... Um, and that was the question he said that last week didn't he we yeah. talked about he doesn't know what he's got to spend well they've got to let him know that they got to give so him he, an idea he doesn't even know who they got... are just yet pardon? he doesn't even know who they are just yet exactly, whether it's exactly. yeah, so which they owner need, they must have an opportunity to build us what he wants because it isn't really his team yet nowhere near his team yet um, so I think he's fine he's, he's cool he's, he's... yeah no I, I don't I don't even mean under pressure I, I, I should have been more specific in the question. Just there was such a a great sense of progress for so long under him. And they still have an FA Cup final to come, admittedly. But it really just does feel to have withered on the vine. It almost feels like it's just Rashford. Remember when they were on that brilliant run and Rashford was in a brilliant run? Mm. And when he's less so, you know, it's not just one player. It never is just one player. Um but I don't think they're a team that look even close to considering a challenge for winning the league next season. No. I don't, they're miles away from that. Yeah. I mean, you know, not get anywhere near the quality. You know, even just simple things like the the wingers. I mean, they're okay. They're okay. I've got a better problem. They just do the same thing all the time. You know, and you got to do something a little bit more than that. You have a look at what the Manchester City wide players are doing. That's a bit special. Um, so really, they're, they're a wee bit too dependent in one or two areas. Um, so they're they're a long way, a long, long way away from. And even I think what you're going towards here is: have they got a style? Have they got a you know a USP, a unique selling point that that Arsenal have got, that Manchester City have got, mm. that to some degree Newcastle are beginning to build? I don't think you've got that yet. Liverpool have got that. You know what theirs is. But have Manchester United got that yet? No, I don't think they have. Mm. I think that's what, where you'd get to and say, but where is Ten Hag? Well, he's not really had time to build that yet because he's not had a whole season yet and he's not had time to go and put his players or enough of his players into it. When he does that next season, we'll find out. But the, the problem could be the Glazers again, you know, because if the Glazers don't 
get themselves sorted and they're too busy trying to get an extra half a billion, he says, <laughs> waving half a billion away. You know, if they do that and and they waste the chance of another pre-season, that's a nightmare for Manchester United because they've got a long way to go, but they've got a manager who might be good enough. Uh, do you watch Succession? No spoilers, by the way. Uh I wish I had time. I've not got time. I'm always well, travelling all the time. I've learned from that show, Pat. They don't say billion. They say bill. Half a bill is what the Glazers are <laughs> holding out for. That's what they talk about. We, we, we don't say that in East End of Glasgow. No, <laughs> no I suspect not. I don't get many chances to say it. Uh, my, my biggest of fame was I was flying down uh, to to uh, um, to London uh, this weekend, uh, not for a game, for something else. And uh, the... Scotland, Scotland's first minister was on it, and that's, that's the closest I got to kind of real power. Nothing more. There, there was a, apparently there was some big event on in London at the weekend. Apparently, yeah, I didn't go to that. I went to something else. <laughs> As a, a brief diversion, we'll come back to a couple of Premier League talking points. But you mentioned Glasgow, Ange Postecoglou, two in a row, Celtic champions. Uh, that's eleven in twelve years. He really does seem to have done an exceptionally good job when is he going to look at the Premier League and say now is the time I wonder I do think there have been one or two nibbles at him already and that won't surprise anyone um, and it's a real strange one I, th- I think it's a difficult position remember Brendan Rodgers said the same thing doing a great job at Celtic it was all going very well but when do you decide okay I could keep this going you know, for another two, three, four, five years but your star will fall at some point or fade at some point. And it only stays open for a, that door only stays open for a certain period of time. And at the moment, when you look at some of the likes of Deserbis and all that coming in, you think, would Ange Postecoglou be less than that? I don't think so. Mm. So I think Premier League clubs must must be considering him. I heard his name mentioned once with Chelsea, but not seriously. Um if I was, if it was me that was making a decision, and I was a Premier League uh, chief exec, I'd be all over him. Yeah, I'd be looking for him right, right now. Um, good news for Celtic fans, I'm not, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> and they're a bit slow because they expect him to go and take a lower bit, lower job. But he could be the best manager in the world and still have a stinker at the lower reaches of the Premier League, you know, just because you know it's a tough league. So I think Ange at the moment. I don't think there's a clear team that looks like, you know, if Chelsea had come from or Spurs had come from, then yeah, maybe. Other than that, beyond that, I don't think he should bother. I think he should be he should be quite down. And you know what this league's like, the amount of changes that are on Premier League, he, yeah. he could go from out of a job in six months. It's true. He's got a good thing going. He has such an obvious, and it was apparent from his first week in the job in, at Celtic, he has such an obvious presence and he speaks in such an engaging way. He has huge likability. So all of that is, is very apparent to all of us. What's he done on the uh, pitch with Celtic that's impressed you the most? Um, the way that some of us who follow Celtic all through our young lives um, would not understand the phrase, the Celtic way. Mm. And the Celtic way is score an early goal and press on regardless. And you attack and you keep on attacking and you play in the front foot and you do you win but you not only win you win stylishly and you win with skill and you keep on trying to win if you're three up you go for four you go for five it's a sort of thing that is almost seen as naive but it ain't naive with Celtic and he's got he's got that that's why the supporters love him 
as much as any manager I can remember in recent memory. And I mean, they've had big names that have been really successful. The one thing, if he had to say, he's, he's done above everything else, and this isn't going to help him if he wants to move south. He's used the Japanese market brilliantly. Yeah. The Japanese market is, is amazingly good because it's higher quality at their top end in the Scottish market. So if you take that simple thing, top of the Japanese market, move it over to the Scottish market, it's better, it will succeed. Take the top of the Japanese market and put it in the England Premier League, that's not going to happen quite to the same level. Yes, Matoma. Yes, possibly Kyogo. Um, but you're not going to be able to do it with a job lot the way that he's done it at Celtic and have the same effect. So you'd have to do something more. He has done other things. He's, most of his decisions, not just the Japanese players, have been good ones. Mm. But it is a step up again. And I, I will roll back in the slight one, that, and I will underline to any Celtic fans listening, I, I think Kyogo would score plenty of goals in the Premier League. I don't mm. think that'd be a problem. Playing with the right team, he's fine. He'd score. He'd be easily 20 goals with a good team. Yeah. That's all very interesting because I did wonder about that... Um uh, to call it a party trick is disparaging but that ability that knowledge of being ahead of the curve when it comes to the Japanese market perfectly placed for mm-hmm. Scottish football could you translate that to the Premier League not quite almost uh, parallel to Wenger being ahead of the curve for a couple of years in the transfer market and then the rest caught up and uh, it gets tricky then so it's very interesting yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one but um, on top of all that that's not all he's done he, he's got brilliance about it he's actually is improved certain players who actually now look better players. Okay. Um, but some of the players up there who, who, who do look fantastic, I'd be intrigued to see how well they would do in England, like mm. Jota. Mm. Uh, lovely player to watch. I, I just don't know how well they do in England. So it, it's that's open to question. But if, again, if I was a, a, an executive at a top club, and, and it's all the usual suspects all the time, and it is all the usual suspects, isn't it? Um, apart from like to Zerbi who's come in uh, I would certainly be looking at him very very seriously OK we'll take a short break loads more to chat to Pat Nevin about football and off the ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports 20 minutes to go between Nottingham Forest and Southampton 3-2 to Forest is where we are Now you're welcome back. So latest in the Premier League, Nottingham Forest 3-2 up against Southampton. Just under 20 minutes to go at the city ground in that game. That result, if it stays as it is, would lift Nottingham Forest out of the relegation zone uh, comfortably. They'd be ahead of Everton as well. So they'd be into 16th and indeed they've just gone 4-2 up. So you would think that's a banker at this stage with 18, 19 minutes to go. So Nottingham Forest on course to jump from the relegation zone from the bottom two to 16th. Everton in 17th and then your bottom three as things stand. Leicester, after a very poor result this evening, conceding five against Fulham. Leeds United are uh, second from bottom, both on 30 points and then Southampton could adrift on 24. We can go back to Mr. Pat Nevin. Hello. Hi there. Um, You're back with us. Technical, technical problems my end, I'm afraid. All right, not to worry. <laughs> not to worry. So, uh, Big Sam, I mean, it's hard to believe it's 2023 and Big Sam is back in the Premier League. We'll get three million, no less, for keeping Leeds out of the drop zone. Pearl Sammy Lee, not released from jury duty. I mean, it just has all the ingredients of, uh, I don't know, a podcast <laughs> series coming to you uh, very soon. So, uh, you know, he gave it the big one. Pep, Klopp, 
I've got the same football knowledge as them. I'm at that level. I think he was both trying to take pressure off his players and, and let them know that, you know, daddy's here, it's all going to be fine. Mm. And, you know, I also think he bloody means it too. I think he does. I think he always has. Back to that that old Aladici quote they yeah. had all these years ago. Um, the, the thing is, having spent time with him in his early days um, back at Bolton uh, and talked to him, he's better than you think. He's loads better than people think. People do think he's a one-trick pony. He does use a very similar method a lot of the time, but he has got other tricks up his sleeve that he uses. He won't be able to use many of them this time because he hasn't got a lot of time. He hasn't got the opportunity to go and make these changes that he would like to make. But he's not daft. He's he's not the person people have built him up to be over the years as a, a dinosaur. Um, he's, he's not often had teams that have had more quality players than his opposition. He's almost always had teams that have had less quality than his oppos- his oppositions. So he's had to find another way. And I think he's always wanted. And that's, hey, every manager does want those opportunities to go and really have a dig with the best players. But he's not had it. He's not got it just now. So he'll use all these other tricks. And he's he's good. He's actually very, very good. Um, and I, I, it's one of those ones where that phrase you underestimate Matt, your peril. Well, lots of people have over the years, and that's why he had a, a deal of success for what he had for, for a, a decent amount of time. Um, so it's weird. It is a throw of the dice. We all know it's a throw of the dice. Um, but if it works and he gets the three million, we know that's not important because you, you look at what they make. <laughs> they make multiples of that, three, many multiples of that three million if he keeps them up. So it's, it's not a bad gamble. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent gamble. No, I guess not. I guess not. I mean, it, it does, though, just so show the level of desperation slash panic and also like monkey see, monkey do that is mm. in existence even at this level. It's like, oh, hang on, Palace brought back the old experienced hand of Hodgson <laughs> and that's worked and Sean Deitch, that Everton thing, you know, so, you know, even though we've had a team built by Marcelo Bielsa to suit his style of football, they veer from that all the way to Sam. And another thought I had is that, like, you listen to Sam, he was absolutely delirious that the phone rang. He did not expect it. He could not have jumped to the job more quickly. I mean, if you'd offered him a half a million bonus, he would have taken it. So would they go and give him three? I mean, he had no leverage. <laughs> just everything about it was just like, the, the, this crowd, this is not impressive. Football folk, honestly, at the moment, oh. they're, in a, they're in a bizarre world. But their worlds don't actually equate to ours. It's like, Oh, I'll go somewhere else and I'll spend a tenner instead of fiver. Mm. That's the way it feels like them when they're talking millions. And, and it does with them. I, I do remember a, a few years ago now explaining to somebody how I could make them £20 million very easily. And uh, I explained and they went, yeah, you could. Huh? We don't need it. <laughs> I was like... Honestly, I'm what planet are these people on? But the planet they're on is a different one from us. They don't think about it in the same way. So I suppose you have to un- understand that, mm. that they don't think about those figures in the same way. For them, yeah. you know, staying in the Premier League by hook or by crook, don't actually care how they do it. Um, mm. But they try to make an argument, any sort of argument, that a team that played Bielsa ball should now play Sam style. I'm afraid I'm struggling. I'm, I'm like you. I can't see it. But 
hey, if it, it somehow it works. Footballs are adaptable and usable, and you know, if you go and slot the bits in different places, it might work. Like tonight, watching Dakuri play, Dakuri get. I don't think he played under Frank Lampard. Yeah, he looked among the best players there in that team because the new managers come in, get inside his head and got the best out of him. So that's exactly what they want Sam to do over at Leeds. They want him to go there mm. and they want him to... We had, did we not do this the other week there? We were talking about Daesh and I said, Sam, by mistake. You did. <laughs> It did, didn't I? And then suddenly he's, <laughs> he's on the back. I hadn't even thought of him. Well, somewhere internally it was there. But they, they, they will do anything. They've tried anything. And it's a bit like you're watching Chelsea. And it's a, the, the Frank Lampard thing, to be honest, in, in a purely football sense, it did not make any sense at all, did it? Bringing Frank Lampard into yeah. Chelsea, other than the fact he's a Chelsea legend. It made no sense other than that. But they still done it. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're not getting... A massive amount of sense. You're getting panic, and uh, I think that's. I think we all understand that there is a lot of panic there. And it's a huge part of the attraction for us looking on, uh, scoffing at the whole situation. So Leeds, their running isn't dreadful. They have Newcastle half twelve game on the Saturday coming. They're away to West Ham the following Sunday, and then you would think last day of the season they'll have a fairly nonplussed Spurs bunch turning up at a very fiery Elland Road. So uh, Big Sam may well do it. It's very striking when you watch any team under new manager, so Leeds against Man City at the weekend. There's lots of, you know, uh, very self-conscious pointing and, oh, I'm in that, I'm there, and, and they were like trying to uh, be in the shape which they'd obviously been rehearsing for those previous 48 hours but then it's <laughs> up against the reality of Man City and so they're, they're kind of it's a bit of a, a high wire act what, what struck me and you can explain the, the tactics I suppose is that so he went with this 4-2-3-1 and what seemed to happen routinely and it was very much the plan is anytime the ball went wide to City's either fullbacks or wingers is those two midfielders in front of the back four they would fold into the back four and the fullbacks mm-hmm. would go out to press the ball. So it was like a back six in effect. And you you kind of think, well, okay, I can see that. That's a very um, uh, logical pattern. It just seems like the three players in front of them forgot that Man City players were going to pull the ball back to the edge of the area and boom, boom, yeah. boom, goals. Uh, yes, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that that happens. But then I looked at, um, I remember thinking back, was it, my, my mind's getting the cogs are moving. I remember Mourinho did that right. against Barcelona for Real Madrid. I think it was the Champions League semi-final first leg. And he did that. And you thought, oh my God, you're right. And one of the players he was asking to do that ugly stuff was Cristiano Ronaldo. And you're thinking, really? And it kind of, up until I think it was the last minute, they, got, uh, they, they ended up getting a man sent off. It was unfair. It was a bit of a scam. Um, but it, as a piece of technical work, it made absolute sense. So it's in there, it's in the books to do exactly that move, right? Mm. I've, I've watched Mourinho do it all those years ago. So it's in there. And that's why these some of these managers, you, you do think of them, you think, oh, how much are you really doing differently here? But they know every one of those methods. They, they've looked at them, they've considered them. And with, you know, t- tonight was, a, again, I know it's come back to tonight's game with Everton. Everton were a classic one of, yeah, yeah, go wide. Hit it in. It's okay, there's loads of us in here. <laughs> and we're all quite big. And we're better at header on the ball. That's not complicated stuff. But it, it, it looks really, you, you go and do it every week and I kind of use the technology and you move them back and you put little blocks in and all that. Yeah, 
move them wide, put it in the middle, there's loads of us in there and we'll all attack it. Right? So sometimes it's not more complicated than that. Mm. And it can work because if anybody will tell you that at any level, see if you put six defenders in a box and you cross balls in there all day, just see how many you score. Just see how many you score. Yeah. Honestly, it's really, really hard to score because they're facing it all the time. As long as they're set and facing it, and they're not turning their backs. Because the idea is to get to the byline, they're turned, and then they're knackered. But if you put them out wide, and then, yeah, go on, cross it. Yeah. It's unbelievably hard to score. Laws of physics apply. Uh, so I dare say if City get a penalty tomorrow, early in Holland, we'll take it. I was in, interested to read Wayne Rooney in the Sunday Times in his piece yesterday. He kind of he, he had the, the, the gumption to say what I think deep down. He said, his opening line was, Man City won't just beat Real Madrid, they'll give them a good hiding. Like, they're going to whack them, was his general sense. Um, yeah, that's a bit much. I mean, having watched the two games and being at the two games, at the Real Madrid-Chelsea games, uh, they're, they're very good and technically good. And very good midfield, fabulous in midfield. And they're not, they've got enough players to be very dangerous. And they're only giving us stuff about one competition. So don't judge them by anything they're doing in La Liga just now, right? Um, but player for player, both teams playing really well. Man City win. Uh, with it, I wouldn't even hesitate for a second. Man City win. But it doesn't work like that all the time. And we've watched it often enough with Real Madrid. There isn't a team better in the world with that, in that competition and knowing how to do that competition and knowing how to work that competition. And they've got a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant manager who knows how to get the best out of them as well. And you've got people like Benzema who will be saving themselves for this tie, mm. absolutely for this tie, as will one or two others. So uh, Modric have watched him some games and you'll, you think, oh, he, again, you may be getting too old now. And then you watch him completely and utterly control the next game because he knows when to turn up. And that's the thing about Real Madrid and the players and the manager. They know when to turn up. So both teams play well. The best, City win. But who's to say that's going to happen? City will be far more tired than Real after what Real have done this season. Mm. Far more tired, especially at the pace of La Liga in comparison. Uh, and of course, Man City can't relax in any games either. So there's a huge amount on Manchester City. And the one thing that might do them is that exhaustion. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I have to say it's going to be a great occasion. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for winding me up there. Seems I'm going to the, the boring other one. Inter versus AC. Oh, is that right? It, well, it's funny. Yeah. You should read uh, Jonathan Liu in The Independent, a, a great piece about the rivalry. And he, he was over in Milan and, you know, explains how it's not a geographical rivalry or even like a familial one. You'll get brothers and sisters supporting ad, opposite teams and it's a very friendly rivalry. But he was talking to an employee who wanted, as you'll understand, because of the quote, to remain anonymous, who basically said... We have no chance. Our only hope of Inter not winning the Champions League is Pep. So th there was a real sense there that Inter are going to win that game. It's a great piece, though. You should check it out on the Independent. Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm, I would be even stronger in Inter being the favourites uh, than I am with Man City being the favourites. I mean, Inter are yeah. a fabulous team now. The, the depth they've got as well is miles ahead. AC Milan have got a good, a, a goodish one to eleven. Uh, and I think they've done brilliantly to get as far as they've got. But it's a massive, massive win for them to get beyond Inter in this one. Yeah. Well, listen, there are problems in life and then there are high-class problems. And, and fair enough, you'll have to watch Madrid City on the TV and then go to the <laughs> San Siro. But, like, you just hang in there and get through it, Pat, OK? 
I will. It's, it's really tough. It's really <laughs> hard. <laughs> um, but, so Arsenal are going to keep City honest, which is great, I think. It would be such a pity if their season unraveled. They went to St. James's Park, which is just a ferociously difficult place to go increasingly, and they won. Um, as a man who likes a dribbler... Alexander Isak caught the eye with that assist at Goodison in a big way. Now, I, I appreciate he should have been kicked out over the touchline several yeah. times over. But nonetheless, um, akin to our conversation about standards in the league earlier, I mean, 20 years ago, some of these dribbles would have blown our mind. It would have been like JJ Akacha type, you know, artistry. Um, but, but it is a bit special. I know you like a dribble, obviously, for obvious reasons. And uh, he's kind of got his, an original enough technique. Yeah, um, I, I, I studied them. I really studied them. Um, as you know, Matoma's got stuff that nobody else does, which is I love the bits. But there's plenty of, I already mentioned, Eze, Elise, really, really special. Um, keep an eye on Nani Madueke. He, he, he's surprised me. He's, he's mostly power at the moment, but he's only a kid. Uh, he might be very good in New Chelsea land. Um, but yeah, looking at Isaac, that. Yes, he could be the most brilliant winger, you know, uh, that you see apart from the boy on the left at Real Madrid, who's no bad. Um, but he could be among the best in the business just now. But he's not just a dribbler. That's the problem. He's everything else as well. I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, I don't know where you come. Are you a centre forward? You look as if you're easy good enough to be a Premier League centre forward. Um, stick you out wide, stick you in a 10, stick you anywhere in that pitch. And you're an unbelievable danger wherever you are because you've got vision to spare. The touch is absolutely incredible. And then he goes and sticks in the dribbling skills on top of that. He's he is he is an astonishing is it six, I think it was sixty million? I think he cost something like that. Bargain already. I I do think he's I mean you look at all the players that are being bought just now, I I, I think it has his time is his career where he is just now the thing the, the thought that we will actually get quite a lot better yeah I, I do honestly think yeah the dribbling's brilliant and of course that's my favourite part but I can't ignore the fact he's got everything else as well mm. yeah just 22 70 million euro but uh, the point stands I'm sure and then uh, before clock comes against us it does now look as if Chelsea are safe yeah I, I thought they were anyway but <laughs> I, I, well I thought they were I'm, I'm going for 34 points uh, coming enough this season Chelsea were on 30 39 you know I thought that's way beyond teams getting to I thought they were safe uh, but it, I understood why there was a lot of uh, a lot of laughing and sniggering in uh, up people's sleeves and there's nothing wrong with that that's absolutely perfect I, I just want to say I wasn't laughing up my sleeve like I was belly laughing uh, yeah. very vociferously like to the world I, I, I did think it was everything and more Todd Bowley deserved yeah do you know um, I, did I tell you this last week I, I'm sorry anyone listening if I told you the same thing so this next book that I've coming out, got coming out, and it's out in three weeks' time, right? And there's an entire chapter on why chairman and owners should never go in the dressing room, right? <laughs> Only one chapter? No, because there's other chapters about all the mistakes that new owners who know nothing about football make when they come in here football. Okay. And I've written this like two years. Like there was basically the first draft I finished two years ago, but I had to wait. Um, because there was another one out before that so it's coming out in June people will think it's an allegory yeah. people honestly <laughs> they'll think ah oh, you're just talking about Chelsea there aren't you and I'm going no actually that was what I was living through at the time with this guy at Motherwell but it is extraordinary how many of those things are really really similar that you know people from outside it do actually think they, they can know the business 
like that. And Football's not easy to run an organising structure. It's no, really it's, quite hard. It's complicated. And I wanted to ask, sorry to cut across you just before the cock does come against us. I had pretty much thought that this eight, nine week period would have no bearing whatsoever on Frank Lampard's reputation. He'd bundle along, win a few games, lose one or two and, and, and still be in the same predicament. But it, it, it will have really damaged his reputation fairly or otherwise. Yes, it will. I, I don't think you can argue that. I don't think there's anyone, even within Chelsea fans who still love him to bits, they don't look at him the same way. I mean, after his first period in management with Chelsea, um, you know, he left and some would him stay, some didn't, you know, but, you know, there was a feeling that it was okay. Um, the, the, most Chelsea fans don't think that anymore. As a manager, they, they don't think that. Now, if Chelsea fans think that way, mm. <laughs> everybody out with the game's looking at it going, mm, not sure about that. So even though you couldn't imagine Frank having would have turned it down, if, but the fact that it was imploding, the fact that it was no structure, no organised plan, obviously. Um, lots of young players who haven't, are nowhere near reached their best. It probably needs two or three years' work. Um, I knew why he didn't turn it down. But you're right, it absolutely has, ne- has a negative impact in his, his, his standing within the management. He will get other jobs, but I can't see the next one being Premier League. He's just like, running out of clubs, but I can't see even a sniff of a Premier League club next for Frank I think he has to go down a level or if he really wants to push it he needs to go abroad and go and redo it over there the way Moyes did We are out of time our best wishes to you over the next 48 hours you try and, try and get through it okay? <laughs> Back to normality next week Man United Wolves that uh, There you go um, Great stuff Pleasure as always Thank you very much Take care Cheers Bye. Pat and Evan with us on a Monday evening Let me double check the latest from the City Grand. City Grand. 4-2. 4-2. Uh, 94 minutes on the clock, so you would think Nottingham Forest. Home and hose there. And our football coverage and off the ball is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.